moral of the story is don't let anything happen to you where you have to ask for help. Be an island to yourself, Aaron. <laughs> no, that's probably not the right moral. I'm yeah, bad at this. it's not the right moral. No, no. Um, <laughs> hmm. Maybe we should leave the morals and fable development to Cuddles and Rage. They seem to be doing a pretty good job at it with their Bites of Terror book. I think they're better at it than I am. Today's episode is very, very different than what we've done before. Because what we've done before are usually just titles we wanted to read, we already knew about, and like maybe we're really popular and we're just really behind in our reading, so whatever. But today's reading for Bites of Terror by Cuddles and Rage was like, was actually just given to us by Cuddles and Rage. Um, Which was super nice of them. Very super nice. And also, Liz and Jimmy Reed, thank you so much for the scratch and sniff cards. I didn't use them Mm. because it's like a gift and I'm very fond and I'm like, oh, I can't like get rid of this yet, (laughs) but maybe next time I read it. Because I enjoyed this. I have an oversensitive sniffer right now, so even taking out the plastic was a bad experience for me. But hey, before we get too far into this, can we talk about who we are first? I guess we can. I'm Erin, your master of mediocrity. And I'm Jessica, your lieutenant of literature, and we are Girls Talk Comics. And like we already told you, the comic today is a pretty fantastically delicious title called bites of terror by cuddles and rage which i'm not gonna lie is like the best when it comes to gnome de plumes like really a hundred percent spot on it's pretty great it's fantastic i think i want to introduce this book by just reading the back of the book because i i it's actually really good it's good writing i was looking at it and i'm like i don't think i could top this why not just use the words they gave it yeah the cake creeper cordially invites you to a delicious and diabolical feast where he'll serve you a slice of tasty terror enter the world of bites of terror a gleefully macabre anthology of cautionary tales starring hand sculpted foods in intricate dioramas Meet an ice cream cone who regrets a wish granted by a sinister salesman, a quarantined strawberry trying to escape a deathly mold outbreak, and a widowed watermelon dying to regrow her husband from a seed. In the tradition of Tales from the Crypt and other classic horror comics, Bites of Terror presents a tasty combination of horror and humor that reflects the human condition. Now, I've never really like engaged with physical copy anthologies of horror like this, but I do love the tradition in a weird way like I didn't realize until I was reading this book how familiar all of this felt to me like I grew up with are you afraid of the dark or tales from the crypt mostly are you afraid of the dark but also like getting older watching shows like adventure time uh where we have grables you know and and things like that is just oddly comforting like it's a it's a comforting format so reading it like I really, really liked the setup for it. I thought that was clever. It also gave them a huge playing field in which to kind of tinker and play and show the depth and breadth of their medium, which is an interesting medium. So I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about the actual 
art. I would love to talk about the art. It's really unique. They are handcrafted dioramas and anthropomorphic foods. So it's all like clay and paint and all made by hand, which looking back and thinking about it must have taken such a huge amount of time. But I really liked it as a way of storytelling for this. I don't, I couldn't say it gave it any more depth or like to the horror or anything like that. But reading through it, I think if it was drawn, a lot of the fun would have been lost. There's a a unique character to it, like just a unique atmosphere. And I just, I don't know. It denotes a lot of dedication and discipline and love of this book, having made it in the way that they did and having to handcraft all of the items. You could just, you know that they spent so much time on it I'm not saying other artists don't but this just is a book that has been lovingly crafted yeah and I think that I don't know I think that they they know what their property is right like they're obviously aware of the kinds of art and the feel of their art and they did such a good job writing to that like marrying the visual style with the kind of campy anthology horror series was brilliant you know, like, I, I really liked the combination of the visuals with the anthropomorphized food. I don't I don't know that I would have enjoyed the anthropomorphized food if it wasn't done this way. I've seen other mm-hmm. cartoons about anthropomorphized food, and it would have, I feel like it would have felt like VeggieTales, you know, instead of, like, something that was uniquely theirs, that had their own tone, yeah. and it wasn't really, like, burdened by the kinds of things that other people had done before and it didn't take me as long as I thought it was going to when I picked up the book to get used to like I thought I was going to really just like it you know like in terms of visually for a good you know like 10 to 15 pages I think really the only page I struggled with was the first page and then whenever I got into the actual starter they have it kind of split up in a fun like menu style and when I got into the starter instead of just the prequel I got into the starter and I was like oh okay this is fine and that's usually how I can I can tell how much I like the art you know by first of all my end feel for the book but also how long it takes me to acclimate like those are kind of the two things that I kind of focus on whenever I'm engaging a new style because like I think I'm very aware of that aspect because of how long it takes me to read comics so like because I struggle with that like marrying the visual and the reading with the fully colorized pages and stuff I'm very critical of how long does it take me to acclimate right and this didn't take me as like I was like Mm -hmm. oh man this is real different this is gonna be a struggle and it wasn't it wasn't at all so like even though it does look so different it really is pretty natural onboarding you know, and I think a lot of that's because of smart storytelling decisions that they made. I really think that it could have been a lot harder for me to onboard if it had been presented in a different way. But they just do such a good job. Like, their their tone is just so precisely crafted. It's pretty fun. I mean, like, I don't know that I would have picked this up of myself if I hadn't have been exposed to the webcomic. There's a webcomic out there that I think I would enjoy. You know, but I, I, this was, this was such a strange experience for me getting this in the mail. Like, hey, here's a new thing to look at. You know, like I, I'm like, oh man, I don't know that I would have picked this off the shelf, but then I would have been 
missing out, you know, like it, it is yeah. actually a really good book. I really do like it. It's a, it's not super serious. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it is like a fun little morality tale. And it is something that I've enjoyed mm-hmm. in the past. Like, and like I said, in the beginning, I didn't realize how much I liked it, you know, like anthologies like this until I was reading it. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, no, like in this slower, long form, like where I'm making an active choice to keep reading, like it is much more apparent to me than it was watching you know, like a half hour TV show, how much I like it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I really am glad we were introduced to this the way we were. Uh, This is something from first appearance. I probably would have passed on too. The idea of frightfully delicious tales, being in a bookstore, I probably would have pulled it out, read it, put it back. But looking at the cover and seeing the broken fortune cookie with the fortune you'll pay for this coming out of it. That's fun. This is quirky. And I, I'm glad it was gifted because I want other people to read this. This is actually mm-hmm. a really fun collection. And they do a lot of great stuff with the morality. So the type of stories are pretty commonplace stories, right? Like there's the whole resurrecting, pride, murder, being kind of possessed, or the whole horse stories about somebody obsessing over you and killing everybody to get to you. Those are pretty typical tales, but what they add to it, what Cuddles and Rage adds to them by having food <laughs> as the, our lens, the graveyard is now the compost heap or mm-hmm. whatever somebody is, who's a party clown is talking about being hurt. They're like, the kid ripped my crust, you know, things of that mm-hmm. nature that I th- just thought were really creative world building. And I thought, they were really fun ways to capture how food in those stories would interact. I mean, there's the cannibal milk carton. <laughs> like, yeah. Starts just eating things. Oh, it was just, it was fun. I, I, I kind of liked it because it was kind of Flintstones-esque, you know, like in that tradition of like, how does it work in this world? So, so like, yeah, there it's a fun kind of campy anthology story with a bunch of the same kinds of horror stories that you read before but like interesting because each aspect of it you're learning about this little foodie world that they've built you know like it's really flushing out the details in this fun way you know you get the weird puns you get like what's the obsession with the bowls you know you, you get a lot of kind of cool looks into like how do ovens work here or how does hell work here or like why is it socially acceptable to throw out your family members instead of taking them to a graveyard you know like it's very it's cute it's quirky it's it's fun and I I don't know I feel like when given my own leash I don't I don't seek out fun as much as I should like I should make more time for fun and I encourage everyone to make time for this because it is fun it is cute it's not heavy it's you know like it's good it's It's like fun i don't know good old-fashioned yeah it's good old-fashioned fun i don't know how else to say it it doesn't take itself too seriously but it is serious enough to keep you engaged it's like we were talking about last week erin like i think things that are made for an all ages sort of audience are are worth preserving and seeking out as an adult you know, like, and, and this is a great example of it. Adventure Time's a great example of it. She-Raw's a great example of it. Things like, things like this that 
have things for everyone, but in a way that's not obnoxious about it, in a way that's not, I don't know. I guess when left to my own devices, I'm just so existentially, like, soaked and just tired, grouchy adult. And, like, I, I really respect people who can step outside of that and just make fun stuff. So, like, when I read stuff, I'm like, God, like, why is my... Why is my personality so trash? Like I want, I want to, have, I want to be a child at heart. I want, I want to have that, oh. you know, like ability to do fun stuff and make cool things like this. And I'm just like got like FOMO for childlike wonder that things like this kind of bring out in you. And it's good that people make this kind of stuff because I think everyone needs it. I mean, like I'm probably not the only person who just takes himself way too seriously most of the time i take myself way too serious i never take myself seriously do i i don't know i can't ex- i i'm not a good judge of this i told you already <laughs> <laughs> okay so like i am pretty pretty serial wow i'm gonna overthink how i perceive my life and my personality dang cuddles this and rage. is this you know is what? What? This is my life right now. This is yeah. me. It's me. It's my fault. I did this to you because this is just the energy that I give off constantly. And no, it is just so fine. much fun to read stuff like this, whatever, you know, like it gives you a brain break from that. Like if that's yeah. your pathology, if your pathology is the same as mine, where you're overthinking every aspect of your existence, this is something you should 100% seek out. You should continue just for to a seek break. things out like just this. It's yeah. a break. This is prescription from Luti- your your doctor lieutenant of literature. The prescription okay, is cuddles and rage. We're not what actual professionals, <laughs> but but I'm writing a prescription, Aaron. I'm writing a comics prescription. I guess there you go. I'm the nurse practitioner for Doctora. I've decided. There you go. Okay, I support that. I was about to be like, we could have Doctora come in and be like. I'm writing your comments. Yeah, prescription. No, I'm, I, I actually, I swiped his prescription pad. I'm, I might be able to draw blood in, in this metaphor because I have a bachelor's degree and not much else. Like maybe I can draw blood, but I can steal somebody else's prescription pad and write them out with authority. I'm just, <laughs> don't undermine know. my authority, Aaron. Quit taking yourself so seriously, Aaron. <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> I have to think about a lot of things at work and I come home and I read things like Bites of Terror and I have a dang good time turning my brain yeah. off. And then I zone out to hours of Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. Anyway, I want to talk <laughs> about our favorite stories in these books. I'm, I would like okay. to start with mine. Okay. I really loved the Reap What You Sow story where our little watermelon has to grow or has been asked to grow her husband, Phil, after he dies. Because plants and veggies rot, and they're very, very straightforward about their mortality. Mabel is her name. Uh, It's actually kind of an interesting perspective that they're just like, ah, cool, yeah, we rot, we mold, we take a lot of precautions for it. And it's definitely one of those, if I die first, like Phil is like Mabel, I want to be with you forever. Please bury me in the backyard so I can grow again. It's very pet cemetery, you know? But instead of like mm-hmm. a zombie coming back, you just have like seven different possessive versions of Phil <laughs> who eventually, you know, it all comes back to bite Mabel in the butt. But I thought that was a really good story. 
if only for the interaction as well between Mabel and her neighbor grapes. Um, because the mother yeah. comes out and is like, oh yeah, we'd like to dispose of our family's bodies at night too. And Mabel's like, oh no, this was just a party. And she's like, I didn't hear music. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching my daughter how to <laughs> deal with this. This is little Pammy. And little Pammy's face is just like the dead black clay eyes with like a little mouth in between them and a, this yellow bow and just staring like hypnotized by what's going on. And I was like, this little grape's kind of creepy. I like her. Yeah. But I just, I love that interaction where she's like, no, we just had a party. Well, I didn't see anybody and there's no music. She's like, yeah. (laughs) When she's really like, I've dismembered my husband and buried him in the backyard. I don't know. I really, I liked that story because it was the whole like pet cemetery. And then whenever he's grown and he's like, oh my God, there's a bug. Help me with the bug. I'm so lame. And I'm like, God, if I had six versions of my spouse, I'd be like, fuck you (laughs) yeah like in stereo that'd be horrible (laughs) it's true (laughs) anyway which one was your favorite Mm, i'm having a hard time choosing i i kind of like two for different reasons um i really like the pizza party massacre that you kind of mentioned earlier with the twist on the trope of this person's obsessed with you kind of thing. Like, and, and they're killing all these people to get to you, which is like a classic horror movie thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, they caught me because it's pizza. And the first shot is of a closed pizza box, which is his bed, which I was just like, God, I love it. Like, that's, oh, that that's was what I'm so good. For. That was, I think, then, one like, of the best reveals I've seen in a comic in a yes. long time. Yeah, you're like, oh, the lid lifts when he's out of bed. First of all, that would be amazing. I want a, I want a closable bed. Like, that's... Actually, right? it kind of reminds me of an experience that I want, which is those, uh, those sensory deprivation chambers. Like, I would really like mm. to actually go to one of those. I live in small town nowhere, so I would have to, like, make a trip to go like on a spa weekend or something to do this which I have been known to do before but I just haven't in the last couple of years and I mean like there's a pandemic happening so like maybe don't go sit in a pool of water that (laughs) other people have maybe sat in um but you know like someday it's on my bucket list and so that's kind of what that gave me the vibes of was like oh god I'm sure he doesn't have to worry about curtains or you know it's just kind of fun it it kind of fueled my imagination plus other than like the classic horror movie beats right it it feels a little bit like Halloween or something the reveal which was classic it was like one of those um god what's the name of that tv show the uh Twilight Zone it felt a little bit like a Twilight Zone reveal whatever the guy's like shh don't wake up like we don't want to wake him up like the the little evil child that was like the his Jason right oh yeah <laughs> was was they were in a house fire together and because they're pizza they got baked together and I was just like oh my god that's one of the best reveals at the end of the of the stories that they have in this anthology but also speaking to my terrible personality the make a wish story struck me in like. Mm. I can't say no to good ennui. I really can't. I'm such a sucker for, like, horribly broken relationships and, like, midlife crisis when it comes to my storytelling. 
it's terrible, but it's what I like. I don't know. It just speaks to me. I'm like, don't let this happen. But also, look, if it does happen, other people have, like, this is something, it's not just you. Like, don't worry about it, Jessica. Like, other people have this problem. And it was just such a, it was like that, it reminded me a little bit of that Twilight Zone episode. I don't know why, but it just gave hit me in the same emotional feels as when the guy's like the last person on earth and he's like, I finally have time to read and then he breaks his glasses. That's kind of the oh, same yeah. feeling I got from this that from that one. So that was kind of like I like those two for very different reasons, you know, like but they I mean like they both kind of hearken me back to some of my favorite like reveals and now that i'm saying that i don't think that the the uh, pizza party massacre was like a twilight zone reveal i feel like it was a little bit like like maybe more tales from the crypt or something like more like mm-hmm. obviously horror than like the uh, like the existentialist that is like the twilight zone it's a hard split between those two but for very different reasons which was like i again i think that it was very smart i don't know if this is their first collection but it feels like one of their more like this seems this seems like a big deal. The people who like are weird kind of wannabe creators now, I guess. Like, listen to me talk. Um <laughs> nice little uh what is that called when you feel like you're not actually good enough to be a part of the club. Um imposter syndrome. Listen to me yes. listen to me talk about imp- air out my imposter syndrome. But you know, when people are able to publish and get deals and you know, like, work for exposure and stuff. Like, starting small, moving up. Like, you like to root for people. And this feels like it's a big deal for them. It feels like, yeah, you've made it. You've got a book. Like, (laughs) this is as official as it gets. Like, look at you go. They have worked with Netflix, HarperCollins, TLC, and the Science Channel. So, Cuddles and Rage has got, they got a resume behind them they definitely have the backing for this yeah it just feels like it feels like all theirs you know like you're not answering to anyone this is you making the shit you want to make how you want to make it at least i hope that was how their experience was you know it feels like Mm kind of like the difference between writing a book and then having somebody make your movie into a book kind of like whether like that's kind of what because i know a lot of comics people they're kind of slaves to the machine a little bit, you know? So it's, it, I, I just get excited for people when they choose a non-linear path like that. You know, like when they're kind of hopping from a bunch of different mediums, you know, like web comics or Netflix or the Science Channel, you know, like when you're kind of skipping around to a lot of different things, you're kind of the master of your own destiny. I don't know. I stand. I, I don't know how to put really what I feel about that in the words but I I think that indie stuff is is really admirable I really like I mean like I'm an image fan girl so I don't know I don't know why I'm surprised by how much I'm like yeah this is like fucking a good job good job guys (laughs) congratulations on making something that's uniquely yours that is like it does have its own tone it does say its own thing it's got its own bookmark in the world like I really do I'm like I don't know impressed Hopefully I really love the dialogue in like, it. No, yeah. it doesn't sound pretentious. You're you're saying great stuff, but I to kind of go 
along with that, but I think a little less, I don't quite have the words for this recording to, I think, praise them as well as you have and fervently as you have. (laughs) I really, really enjoyed this though. And I enjoyed it for its craft. Uh, I'm going to just take, I think I'm going to step us back down a level, a little less existential. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Love you. Um, (laughs) The the dialogue is just phenomenal. And I'm going to, I would want to read a little bit of it. Like in that pizza party massacre in particular, the way, again, the way they just bring the tropes in, of course, with this murder house, there has to be acid, right? It's red pepper flakes. Freaking hilarious. Amazing. Super creative. <laughs> I loved that. The clown, because he's a party clown, it's Parmesan cheese is the makeup for it. Amazing. Um, at one point they're like, Hey there, little pizza pal, where are your parents? And the kid is just like, they're just chilling in the freezer. I'm like, that's really hilarious. One point they, the little pizza kid says, I just sauced all of your coworkers. And I thought that was really funny. When I ripped your crust a year ago, I saw you were cold on the inside, just like me. And you know, cold pizza, not microwaved all the way through. Like the kid is also saying things like, you're going to help me, but please stop interrupting my bad guy speech. I practiced it for hours. I just, I just thought the dialogue was really, really great. And just the way they built the environments was just really, really great. And it was so, it was so funny and punny. And if you like food, like I do, you'll just really, really enjoy it. Like, it's just like, there's one where, you know, there's a serial kind of a cannibal serial killer and he gets word about a different type of dipping sauce or something that he could use for his victims and he just says things just like thanks for expanding my palate and like it's just Mm -hmm. it's just so funny like I don't know why it's just so funny for me like reading all this stuff and just that creativity that goes with it the all the jokes about home sweet home and adding more seasonings it's just a delight just delightful despite being such dark stories it's just (laughs) i think you know the thing that i really set the tone for me because like i said i didn't really like that first page very much but whenever i turn to the first starter because they have it set in a kind of like a overarching sort of framework right and so the narrative framework is this cake creeper who seems to be sort of little bit maybe deranged but uh the very first panel of this overarching narrative is charmington pantry inn but the c you could tell the c has fallen off of the sign so it just says harmington pantry inn i love that stuff i love that stuff so So much (laughs) so this is my shit and and the fact that they could show that in this sort of unique style that they have I will say, I know I've been really glowing about this, and I really did, I really did enjoy this a lot. Like, oh my god, like I said, I was surprised, and then, like, yeah, 100%, like, all in, but, um, I ever kept fudging up the pages, like, I don't know what it is about the way this book was printed, but I kept accidentally, like, missing pages when I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a little thick, and it's not, I mean, like, it's not broken in. It's a brand new book. So, like, I just kept flipping it, and then I was like, I don't understand what's happening in this story. Because it is, like, because of the images, they're, like, they're taking pictures of these 3D dioramas of food. I feel like maybe you lose out on a little bit of the 
motion, you know, like you're, it's more of a manga feel than it is like a comics feel where it's like you're, you're, you're filling it in by your speed of reading. So like when you fudge up the page turns, it really pulled me out of it. But that was like, like I said, it was mostly on me for, for not following it along. Like, but it is, it's, it's still frames. So like you do have some, I don't know what, what would you call that limitations of the art, you know, you don't get like that, that movement of frame, which I think is like, like claymation, but still frame. So that, you know, like, and claymation, even when claymation is moving, it has kind of that ethereal out of Adam's world sort of feel to it with the movements, you know, it's just a style. It's a different style. But when you fuck up your page turns, it doesn't flow well. Like you got to go back and reread some stuff. <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. I've missed something. They're doing a callback and I don't know what the callback's for. <laughs> like the ranch dressing, dre- dipping sauce. I was like, <sighs> he mentioned, ra- like, this makes it seem like he's mentioned ranch dressing before. So what have I missed here? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm missing part of the buildup. So let me just go back try that again but like no i mean i don't know it just seems very professional and like i was surprised that professionals would want us to talk about their stuff i don't know maybe that's what it is it's like i'm just like wow holy shit we've made it aaron like oh my god wow i'm just kind of sitting here struggling shrugging because i do the social media stuff so i've experienced the hit and miss interactions with people who are more popular so like it's just <laughs> so you're Timing. all had at this uh, yeah. oh, no no um <laughs> a little much no uh it was definitely a joy and we actually got connected to cuddles and rage because comic book couples counseling introduced us so that was a delight and is also why i'm doubly glad that we are talking this book because it i'm gonna i'm gonna make some food puns this book was a delectable snack that cleansed my reading palate. There you go. There you go. Gross, I hate it, but also there you go. <laughs> it had a nice variety. I loved the menu format where they had starters and main courses and desserts. I loved the way it built like that as well. And the story that was going on in between the very like the crypt keeper kind of focus was also just very cute and precious and it was such a like turnaround and sleight of hand kind of challenge of the minds between the two characters we get introduced to i guess three characters we get introduced to it's just so good it was a real literary smorgasbord <laughs> hey hey <laughs> it's just really good it was really just well-rounded and i want everyone to pick it up you can pick it up from cork.com i believe or is it cork <laughs> corkbooks.com cork books and i guess they have some behind the scenes stuff that you can get at bitesofterror.com so you can kind of see how they make their things. I actually really want to check that out. I might be forced to do that. I, I So far before this, I restrained myself from going and like trying to find where the webcomics and stuff are and binging all of them, which is how I usually interact with webcomics because I'm a I'm a serial reader. I'm not like a weekly reader. I have a real bad attention span, so I just go binge whenever 
I find something and then it takes me a month to read, you know, 10 years worth of comics. So it's probably not the best way to do this, but so I am looking at their website right now and Mm -hmm. it's precious. (laughs) It's just, they have cat ones. They have animal ones that aren't cats. They have one that's called cooking with Dr. Taquito softening butter. This is amazing. Oh, I don't want to give the punchline away for that, but it's, and when I say amazing, um, it's very dark, but I don't know if you'd get that behind from the uh, horror book. So Bites of Terror, of course, is set up. It has a line, please enjoy our tasting menu below. Oh my God. I love this. You're, you're a punaholic is what you are. Like this is, this is a problem. We've, we've uncovered a problem. Oh, master it, of mediocrity. It loves puns too much. Don't don't say that out loud because a certain somebody I live with can't hear that. <laughs> Redacted. Ugh. And it's like got a, a note from the bakers. Ugh. There's a cat in the picture. Okay. Yeah. So that's so here's a little information about the authors, Liz and Jimmy Reed, taken straight from their website, but it's gonna give you non-spoiler ideas into their personalities okay yeah to quote the question we've most often been asked over our 10-year career as cuddles and rage is who's cuddles and who's rage the answer liz is all rage and jimmy all cuddles gets the most laughs but the truth is there's a little of both in each of us in cooking combining two distinct ingredients can bring out brand new flavors We approach our storytelling the same way, infusing the sweet with the sour, the funny with the scary, the cuddles with the rage, and bites of terror is no exception. We hope you enjoy a laugh, a cry, a fright, and a donut while reading our book. And most importantly, we hope it inspires you to create something you're passionate about for the world to see. I love these people! I don't even know them! (laughs) But they're delightful creatives, and more than anything, I just respect their dedication to their craft. And the fact that they have a blinking donut on their website, that this that they gifted us this book, that they share so much of their process with readers and internet sleuths alike. It's just they do it. They cool. just they're good. They're good. Yeah. They're freaking good. good. I Two hope we sold up. this book to you. Hopefully. But yeah. I, I would I would like it if people read this because we said something about it. Partially for my own yeah. vanity, but also because I feel like I need to give them back something because this really was a palate cleanser that I think I needed this week. So like, it was a good timing about that. It was I'm going to lend it to somebody. I need to find yeah, it. Like this feels like a find someone good to lend pay it, it forward book. It does. Yeah. yeah. I might just yeah. hand this to one of my friends and be like, Hey, you need this. You don't know it yet, but you need this. Yeah. It's, and it's and you know what? A if, pay it forward book. If you need more of us in your life like we need more of cuddles and rage you can find us on facebook and twitter we have a link tree that will link you to all sorts of other things like our youtube and our main hosting agent which also includes a contact page so that you can tell us hey we need more of you in our life and maybe give us some direction because honestly i think we kind of hit all of the things we thought we wanted to hit so maybe you should give us more suggestions i think there's a tentative scratching and niggling in the back of the master of mediocrity's head to get some more physical content out there so if you 
are interested in some sort of physical content that you can hold and have and remind you of us when you are at home reading your comics by the fireplace, hit us up. Give us a give us a comment. Leave us a note. Like I said, we we are contactable. Find me, mother. Find me. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate all of you. This has been a delight as always. Y'all, no, seriously, treat yourself to something. I hope y'all have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. And we'll read some Bites of Terror and pay it forward to other people who need some foodie Tales from the Crypt in their life. Because it's fantastic work. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. For some, I'm just saying, for someone who's been obsessed with morality for most of my life because I've been afraid of being a bad person, I'm real not good at it still. And I'm like, what, 30 now? Like, you'd think I'd gotten at least a few skills, and I, re- I really just don't. <sighs> you're much it. better at it than you want to admit to yourself. Will you go upstairs if you're going to giggle? <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yes, I would like to know what it was. Spiders are the only web designers who get happy when they get loved. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> okay.